Welcome back to Girls Next Level, everybody. Bridget, how was your week? I can't even think straight. I know. I'm like, which week is it? <laughs> it's hard when you're starting off a new year because there's just like so much going on and getting back into the swing of things and stuff. Yeah, I'm just so confused. Like if anybody's watching this on Patreon, the video, like this table is a mess. Like I don't know what's going on, but I do know we have some amazing questions from you guys that we are really excited to answer. Yeah, Q&A today. Bridget, I want to start off with the first question. What was the weirdest object you ever found at the Playboy Mansion? Because mine was a crack pipe, so I want to know what yours was. A crack pipe? A real one, yeah. But you go first. Okay. (laughs) Well, Lane was in suspense. I know. Um, Okay. Uh, I think the weirdest thing I ever found, I was doing, I was like investigating the basement because like I'd never really explored it that much. Yeah. And there was this section of the basement (gasps) that kind of went off in like a direction and honestly I don't even remember like how I got to it exactly but it was sort of unfinished which is weird because the whole basement is really finished in the mansion like it's um there's lockers down there for the employees and and storage and laundry and all that kind of stuff and so to find like a spot that was sort of unfinished and there was like weird boxes like in the corners and stuff like dusty and dirty and there was this um it almost looked like an altar of some sort, but not an Wait, altar. Wait, what? Not like a not like an altar, but like an <laughs> altar. But okay, so there was like an old, um, like record album uh-huh. cover. I don't know if the record was in there or not. Like on the floor, and there was like rose petals and like a burnt rose on it and like burnt ashes on it and we were like what kind of weird sacrifice it was this and we were like joking about it we went and got Brian Alea to go check it out and he was like laughing about it and said he had no idea what that was do you remember what the record album was no who were they doing voodoo on (laughs) I don't know but it was really weird I was like what is this weird stuff back here that is creepy that is gonna spark so many rumors especially when we talk about like on our moment, we're going to talk about blind items and there's the longest, world's longest blind item that has to do with like the Playboy basement. So yeah, I think they just cleaned it up and said that, oh, it just looked like it was something, but it wasn't. Weird. Yeah. Oh my but, God. So crack pipe? Wait, what the heck? <laughs> okay. So to set this story up, just so you guys know, if you were in the mansion, in the great hall and you went into the living room which means you had to walk like in between the two curving staircases if you were walking toward the living room on your right hand side there would have been a door and if you went into that door there would have been this tiny room that just had space for like a desk a chair and there was a landline phone on the desk and that was called the phone room I completely forgot about the phone room right so random totally forgot about the phone room forgotten nooks of the playboy mansion yeah so i went to the phone room one day during the day i forget why probably just had to make a random call or just needed a moment to myself i don't know and there's a crack pipe on the desk and now i could not have told you what a crack pipe looked like before i found one i've never seen anybody smoking crack even on like movies and tv i've never really like paid close enough attention to see like what exactly a crack pipe looks like Like, how does it differentiate from another pipe yeah exactly but trust me when you find a crack pipe you know what it is so I picked it up in like my two fingers and I took it up to Mary's office and I'm like Mary I found a crack pipe in the phone room and what was also weird about this was this was on a random weekday when there was nobody at the house it's not like it was during a party because that wouldn't have been not that people were smoking crack at the parties like this is a really downscale drug 
from what you would expect from being there. But it was like on a random day when there was nobody there. And I'm like, Mary, there's a crack pipe in the phone room. And oddly enough, she knew exactly who it belonged to. (gasps) (laughs) She was like, oh, here, I can return that to the owner. I know. Like, I don't want to say who it was. It was one of half's friends who was like going through some issues at the time. But she knew exactly who it was. And that person got banned for a while. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's crazy. Crack piping it up. The next question is, when the mean girls heard about the show, Girls Next Door, did they try to become girlfriends to get on it? Like, did they try to come back? And also another question that kind of goes with that is, when you guys were filming the show, did other girls try to, like, move in and take your places? And for the second half of the show, I kind of feel like nobody really thought that was an option. Yeah, I felt like there were people that uh, wanted to do that. <gasps> Ooh, I can cut it out if you don't want me to say the names. I mean, I actually don't have a specific oh, okay. person in mind, but there was people I got the vibe from that uh-huh. they were like wanting to do that. But, um, but I felt like we were so solidified in that mm-hmm. that even though they made us feel like we were replaceable all the time or told us that we yeah. were replaceable all the time, it felt like a pretty cohesive group. Like we all, I feel like we felt. I don't want to say secure because I feel like that gives the wrong impression, but I felt like everybody was very happy with the situation and the way it was and nobody was looking for to replace somebody. Yeah, I kind of have a vague memory and maybe this was just something I was paranoid about and wasn't really real, but I feel like when the show first started, there were some kind of whisperings of like maybe Kevin thinking, oh, what if you added another girl to the group and that got shot down real quick by half? Yes, I feel like there was always a little bit of that. Like, Uh And I think maybe it was just us two feeling that way because they always made us feel replaceable Mm -hmm. that maybe this new girl that's coming around is trying to take my place or they would like her better on the show or something. So I feel like there was always that possibility there. But at the same time, and I don't know how to describe this because it's it was happening simultaneously, but at the same time, there felt like a, a sense of security to me about we were a very cohesive group. Yeah, definitely as the series moved along. And I think, too, when we look back, it's just obvious to us that kind of it seemed like everybody just thought that, oh, this is the group and this is the cast of the show. I don't think there were a bunch of women out there thinking there was a current opening and, oh, I'm going to go jockey to be the next girlfriend. So can be the star of the show yeah but what was amazing about the show is there were so many other girls on it too that Uh were our friends our playmates and people testing and coming and going Mm -hmm. so I feel like that is very fun and exciting and I think some people did see that part as an opportunity to like come and be a part of the show not necessarily to replace one of us Mm -hmm. but to be on it yeah I think you're right And when somebody asks about the mean girls trying to come back, they weren't trying to, as far as I know, while the show was going. But right after I broke up with Hef in 2008, the next thing I knew, the ringleader of the mean girls was like invited back. Like she went from being kicked out, persona non grata, not allowed at the parties to all of a sudden she's back at buffet dinners and at the time you know I broke it off with Hef and I just did not care like I wanted nothing to do with it anymore I didn't care like she could have moved in and become the next main girlfriend and I would have been like I don't give a shit that doesn't derail what I'm doing but it was odd to me how all of a sudden she was welcome back like the next day and I kind of feel like that was a tactic like maybe Hef was trying to make me jealous or make me rethink or feel threatened because oh this girl's coming back again and so many years have passed that I didn't give a shit about that girl anymore but I think he had it in my head as like that last girl was the last girl I was really competitive with 
you know? Oh, well, and then I think we've mentioned this before, but before they got kicked out, they wanted nothing more than their own reality show. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure that they would have done whatever they could to be on it. Oh, 100%. The next question is, was the mansion staff upset when the focus of the show shifted from them to you guys? And I don't think they were. You know, I heard there was a lot of relief Oh, they yeah. They were like, because they didn't have a choice for this either. Nobody asked them, hey, do you guys want to do this show? Mm-hmm. They were just told, we're doing a show and it's about you guys. Like, you know what I mean? Like they And there was no pay grade as far as I know. It was just like, this is another responsibility. Yeah. And so I think that there was a lot of relief. I mean, was there some disappointment? I mean, probably. It's probably exciting when, when everyone's filming the pilot and stuff and you think that maybe this might go somewhere and do something. So I've, I've got to imagine that there was some mild disappointment but what I heard mostly was just straight relief I believe that for sure like if there was anybody who had been excited about the opportunity it was a secret to us yeah the next question somebody asks was was plastic surgery really unlimited at the mansion meaning would Hef buy his girlfriends whatever plastic surgery they wanted it definitely was not I think some women who lived there in the past have said that like oh you get unlimited plastic surgery if you move in because they're just kind of like making a generalization of what a woman might think she's getting out of the situation but it definitely wasn't unlimited and it was a scary thing to ask for I remember when I asked Hef if I could get my nose done at first he didn't want to say yes and it was a big back and forth and he was telling me all these weird things like I don't think I'd love you anymore if your face was different which was weird (laughs) but but it was it was something that wasn't fun to ask for so it definitely wasn't unlimited I never had any uh, plastic surgery while I was at the mansion but one thing I do want to add to this is that anytime you did ask for something from from the mansion, from Heth, whether it was plastic surgery or something else, they kept a folder in Mary's office on every ask and the receipts of it. Stop it. I didn't even know that. Yes, there was folders behind Mary that had each of our names on it. And she would pull out the folder. Like if I would say, oh, I really want to take these classes at UCLA or whatever. She'd uh-huh. pull out the folder and be like, okay, well, you haven't asked for anything in a while. Like, <gasps> You know, the last thing you got was, you know, have helped you pay for the car. So they had folders on each of us that kept track of exactly what we were asking for, how often and how much it cost him. Interesting. I mean, it kind of makes sense to keep track of stuff like that, but it's also weird and seems like a weird tool to like hold over people's heads. Like it's probably what contributed to that main mean girl getting kicked out was that time she asked for a new car and they're like, okay, you've asked for too much. You've hit your limit. Yeah, they pulled her folder. (laughs) I know, exactly. That is crazy. I'm surprised you didn't know because I'd always, I wouldn't look at Mm -hmm. them, like not go through them. I mean, I wouldn't have been allowed to, but I could, I would always see them behind, sitting behind Mary. They were just like right there behind her in a stack and they kind of went like this right behind her. Yeah, I saw a ton of paperwork when I was in the office and stuff, but I would have never like looked behind Mary's desk and she never pulled it out in front of me. So that's probably why, but interesting. Next question. Did it ever bug you guys that Kendra didn't want to do any of the decorations or anything? That didn't bug me at all. Like we always had to include her on everything we did and offer and we wouldn't have wanted to not offer, but it didn't bother me. Like I don't want to force anybody to do an activity they don't want. (laughs) Yeah. Even to this day, I'm much better off doing something on my own than doing something with somebody who isn't into it. Exactly. Like I'm the type of person who in school, like I would rather just do a whole assignment myself than do a group project where I have to pull all the work 
You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, no, that didn't bother me. Our, what bothered me was the non-participation later. Like we put all this work into something fun and then not wanting to participate. Did you guys, meaning me and you, ever have a fight while living at the mansion? I don't remember us ever fighting or disagreeing. Do you? Mm-mm. No. I feel like if we just ever had different interests or wanted to do different things, we would have just done it with other friends, I guess. Like there was no reason to really ever be conflicted about anything. Yeah. And if there was anything that ever bothered me, then I would just ask you about it. Yeah. And then we would talk about it and then that would be that. Drama-free situation. Okay, now with this next question, Bridget, I know you had at least one of these moments and it'll be coming up in the next Girls Next Door episode we watch. So I don't know if you want to address that or not. But they're asking, did you ever ask the camera crew to leave because you felt uncomfortable? Wait, did I have a moment? It was when we were doing the pictorial. That's right. I fucking forgot about that. That one's going to be a two-parter, honey. (laughs) There's a lot that happens in that episode. Forgot. Uh, I feel like I should wait for that for next the next episode. Yeah, because you got done dirty. Yeah. Uh, that makes me so yeah. mad all over again. I can't wait till the next episode so I can talk shit about this. I don't remember ever asking the camera crew to leave because I felt uncomfortable. I do remember like telling playmates, oh, if you're going to change, go to the bathroom because the camera crew is going to try and like stick a camera next to your butthole, basically. But I don't ever feel like I had the power to say no so many times when I was there you know I do think it was easy for me like if they were trying but they knew not to go into Hef's room I was gonna say it would have been easy for me to say oh Hef doesn't want you in here right now if he didn't but I don't think they ever really tried to get into Hef's room yeah I feel like this is one that I can't answer right now until I watch more of the episodes. And then as I watch them, like the next one that's coming yeah. up, I will, um, I'll think of things that come up. Yeah, So for I'll sure. be sure to like let you guys know as they come up. How big was the mansion property? This question cracks me up because they go, it seems like a small parcel with a lot of stuff crammed onto <laughs> it. Well, whoever asked this, I don't know where you live. I don't know if you're in like Texas wide open spaces, but for Los Angeles, the mansion property is huge. Yeah, it was almost six acres. Yeah, like there's a reason that's one of the most expensive properties in the city. Like it's humongous. And yeah, there were a lot of things on it, but it also had this huge backyard. It had grounds that you could get lost on in the Mm -hmm. park. It was huge. It has the biggest redwood forest in all of Southern California. Yeah. Because there are none. (laughs) So (laughs) the redwood trees that are there can constitute as the biggest forest, redwood forest in, in L.A. So it definitely was not a small parcel. I think maybe if you're from like out in the country, because I'm always surprised like when I go to Texas and I'm driving in like right outside the city, I'm like, holy shit, these people have like huge farms and it's a totally different thing. But in L.A., the mansion property is a huge, like unthinkably huge property. Yeah, for sure. The next question was, do you miss movie nights at the mansion? And I definitely don't miss any time at the mansion. Like, I don't want to go back. But when I was rewatching these episodes for my YouTube, I would see scenes from the buffet and movie nights. And sometimes I would think, oh, that was a nice day. Like, if I had to go back and relive any moment, that would probably be one of it. I always enjoyed, like, the buffets and the movies. Like, those were some of my favorite times at the mansion. Yeah. And I hate it when I'm, like, out here telling my story and, like, one of Hef's friends who 
basically only knew him from like a party buffet movie basis will be like, she was never miserable. She was always so happy. Like as if I'm going to be like confiding in them. But also like they're seeing me at some of the nicest times at the mansion. Like those were relatively like my best times there. They're not like with me when I'm having private conversations with Hef or like in the bedroom or like with me on my day to day. Yeah. I do miss sometimes like I think oh it'd be so nice like if there was if I could go back to the mansion right now and like have dinner in a movie or whatever or I like I definitely miss the parties so I do miss some of that and I miss like a lot of the people that we just get together regularly like that I think that was such a fun thing to have all the time now don't get me wrong after living there for seven years there's times where you're like I don't feel like going down and being social with all these people tonight yeah (laughs) like you just want to like chill like in your room but we didn't really have that choice yeah so um there were times where I didn't want to but there are times now where I look back on it and think oh that'd have been fun like it would be fun to like it's a Friday night and I feel like oh I don't have plans tonight it would be fun to go to the mansion and do dinner in a movie if it still existed Was there ever a rule that you were too tall to be a playmate or Hef's girlfriend? There definitely wasn't a rule. And I know that when Marilyn Grabowski was the editor at the magazine, they really liked getting tall playmates because Marilyn was more into like the fashion side of it. And she loved it when they got like a quote unquote real model. And I feel like Hef was the one who wanted more like the naive country girls who barely knew what they were doing. Um, And as far as I know, there was no rule to be too tall to be a girlfriend. There just weren't ever any really tall girlfriends. Hef's wife was tall, his last wife. And there was a Playboy pinball machine that was made in the 80s that had Hef standing next to his wife on the front of it. And the picture of Hef had been stretched. It had been like photoshopped to make him look taller. And I remember pointing that out to somebody and they go, don't ever say that in front of him. Oh, my God. (laughs) Bridget, did you keep any of your Playboy merchandise? I did. I kept a lot of it. And uh, my parents can testify to this because uh, they have most of it. (laughs) And my storage bills, too. Because some of it's in storage. Some of it's at my parents' house. Like, it's all over. I have a lot of stuff. Yeah. I have a lot of stuff from the Playboy days, like outfits I would wear and things like that. I don't have a ton of, like, Playboy branded merchandise, though. A lot of it I threw out. Like, I'm never going to wear a Playboy t-shirt again. So... Oh, yeah, that's uh, true for me, too. I threw a lot of the T-shirts and jewelry because there was... I don't know if I threw it out, but Mm -hmm. I definitely gave it away. Like, I don't have a lot of that anymore. But definitely all my dresses and my costumes and just... There's a lot of stuff, trust me. Yeah, for sure. How did it work if a girlfriend had debt before she was a girlfriend and wasn't allowed to work? Did Hef pay it off? For me, I just was really careful with my money. I saved my clothing allowance as much of it as I could and just paid off all my college debts and my credit card debts from that. For me, I didn't have any credit card debt when I came to the mansion, but I did have student loans and I was paying them for a while. And then one day I said something to Hef about, well, I need to pay still. I'm still paying on my student loans. And he said, why didn't you tell me you were paying those? And then he wrote me a check to pay them off. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So, um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened there. (laughs) (laughs) Next question was, how was his ex-wife toward you? Did you ever run into Kimberly? Um, I did, and I had mixed reviews with her. I got the the definite sense that she did not like me. (laughs) Um, 
One time I walked in, I was looking for Hef because I bought this cute pink coat and it had some like faux fur on the collar and stuff. And I wanted mm-hmm. to show Hef how cute this little coat was. I don't know why I thought he would care because looking back at <laughs> it, I'm thinking, why would he care? <laughs> and somebody told me he was in the library and I went in there and unbeknownst to me, he's sitting in there having a conversation with Kimberly. And I was like, oh, sorry, I was. I can come back later. And there, he's like, no, it's okay. What did you want? And I was like, oh, I was just going to show you this new coat. And she gave me a dirty look and she scoffed and she said, that better be faux fur on there. Oh, my God. And I was like, uh. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't the warmest person, although people say that about me, too. So I'm not one to talk. I met her in the gym once when I was brand, brand new. And she said hi and seemed nice enough but I was brand new like she didn't know who I was if I was like one of half's girlfriends or one of somebody testing or anything and then I just tried to avoid her at all costs and during one of my early years there like probably 2003 2004 I remember I had done an interview for a magazine and I always said you know nice things when I was interviewed and said what I thought Hef would want me to say and things like that and said like how in love we were and blah 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 And that came out in a magazine. And then next thing I knew, I woke up one morning, went downstairs, and in the pantry were our mailboxes, where like all the mail that came to the mansion would get sorted, and we would find our mail down there. And there was an envelope with my name handwritten on it, and I looked inside, and there was a photocopy of an article that had just come out that morning in like the page six column in the New York Post, and it was saying, oh, one of Hef's girlfriends, Holly Madison, was bragging to supermarket tabloids about how close her and Hef are, but little does she know, Hef is still married which I knew he was legally separated, but yeah. I knew that. Little does she know he's still married and there's even talks of a reconciliation with his ex-wife, Kimberly Hefner. And I don't know that she's the one who called page six and, you know, a source told page six and then photocopied the article and stuck it in my mailbox that morning. But I always thought it probably was. Interesting. Because I just don't know who else would have done that and it was, eh, I always kind of had the feeling it was her. Like, I can't prove it was her. I'm sure she'd deny it. But I just kind of always had that feeling because I just don't think anyone else would have given two shits. Yeah. And it would have been off the mean girl's radar because page six was considered like an old person's gossip column back then. Like, I don't think any of the mean girls cared about page six. It wouldn't have shown up there. Yeah. I had one other run-in with um, Kimberly. I was I went down to the dining room one day and she was sitting in the dining room uh-huh. and um, she was ordering a glass of wine and this was shortly after I had like just started drinking wine uh-huh. and so I like I don't have any other conversation to have with her but I was asking her about the wine. She's like oh I drink. Uh, my favorite is Opus One. Do they have that here? And I was like I don't know. I didn't even know what Opus One was <laughs> and she was like well um, you should ask Ask them to get that. You should definitely She's setting ask you them to up. get that. And then I found She's out trying later, to add things to your file of yeah. shit you ask for. <laughs> I found out later it's some like crazy expensive wine. And at this point, like I barely even know what I'm drinking. Like it, yeah. they could be pouring me apple juice or grape juice for all I know, and I don't know the difference. So I'm like asking. I'm, I'm not. I didn't ask for Opus One, but can you imagine me like asking for Opus One or demanding Opus One from now on? Yeah. Oh my god. I think it's called Opus One or Opus just I don't know what which but whatever she was like oh you should definitely get them to stock that for you oh my god were you guys allowed to have cell phones 
Yes, we yeah. were. And I think have preferred that we had cell phones. That way we could be tracked down at any time. Like he or the secretaries could call if we were ever running late or if he ever wanted to know where we were at a moment's notice. But back then they weren't smartphones. Like nobody really was texting. I don't think I started texting until like the year I left, like 2008. Not that texting didn't exist as a technology, but just most people weren't doing it. And nobody I knew was doing it really until then. And Hef used to get pissed at me the few times he caught me texting. Like if we were at a party and I picked up my phone to send one text message, he'd freak out. I remember I'm getting because mad at you. he expected me to constantly be just like a constant performance of like being by his side and being perfect and being like attentive to him at all times, which is a lot of pressure to be under 24-7. And I remember I sent one text at one party and got freaked out on and and it's not like today where people have smartphones and their heads are just constantly buried in their phones like I picked up my phone to send like one text and he freaked out what was your go-to Starbucks coffee order when you lived at the mansion I think mine's been the same forever and ever and ever it is a a grande skinny caramel macchiato or I don't know if they had skinny back in the day but it was a grande caramel macchiato and now it's a skinny caramel macchiato I used to order and this is so gross to me now I used to order soy lattes like I would never drink soy milk now and lattes at Starbucks are basically a glass of milk with like a shot of coffee in it. I remember asking to taste yours one time just to see if it was something I might want Uh and I felt like I just uh, took a sip of vegetable juice like I was like yeah you know and I was so calorie conscious that eventually I switched to just an iced Americano because there's basically no calories in that and that's kind of still what I drink sometimes I'll put like sugar-free ready whip on it but (laughs) but my normal coffee was just the regular coffee at the mansion with some French vanilla creamer yeah like Starbucks back then obviously was everywhere and people would get it like if you were out and about running errands but I feel like the Starbucks addiction didn't really hit people till like 2010 like I remember when we were at the mansion I asked you something about like oh do they do I wonder why they don't do espressos here or something and you said you had asked about it and they had said no we'd pretty much have to hire a full-time barista for all the orders that people would do because people want their coffee orders so specific but back then there wasn't that much of a demand for it either like people were just happy to like drink coffee with like cream and sugar and nobody really cared but I remember after I left the mansion I feel like particularly for young women like the Starbucks addiction got so real that I remember thinking huh I wonder if Hef ever ended up getting a barista at the mansion like how does he keep girls there because he would always want the house to be a place where girls would never want to leave like oh look you can work out whenever you want tanning beds pool like all the things and I just picture people leaving all the time to go on Starbucks runs but I bet they didn't I I bet he didn't have a barista yeah I bet he didn't either I don't think he ever saw the need for it or or understood the whole coffee thing because I don't even think he drank coffee. Nope. What was the most asked question around the beginning of the show? Guess. Can you Uh, guess? I know. Well, people would always want to know if we slept with Hef Mm -hmm. and what the sex life was like. And the way I remember it being asked so specifically, and I remember specifically Billy Bush would always ask it this way, but other people too, they would look at us and give us kind of the sleazy guy look and be like, so how does this work? And kind of like point to all of us. And what they meant by that was like, are you fucking him all together? Are you taking turns? You know, are you fucking each other? And we just never wanted to answer and we're so grossed out. And that's just what always sticks in my head. People would always be like, so how does this work? It's like, go fuck yourself. (laughs) 
Did Hef ever take you out on individual dates or did everyone always go at once? I wouldn't say I ever went out on an individual date with Hef. The only times we went and did things together were if it was something where like he was only allowed to bring one person. Like one time we went to a trip to New York and he went to the New York Stock Exchange to ring the bell and he could only bring one person. So it was me. Or... Every year, once a year, he would go to USC because he sponsored this course on censorship. And once a year, he would go speak and then have lunch with the dean. And he would bring me because he could only bring one person. But other than that, I feel like there weren't any like individual dates. No, there were definitely things that other people would opt out of. So sometimes it would just be you and I. Yeah. But I never had a, like a one-on-one date with Hef. Did guests sign NDAs to visit the mansion? Hef never had guests sign NDAs. Like he always wanted to be like the ultimate host and everything. And even people are surprised that girlfriends didn't have to sign NDAs. And I think the reason why he didn't have girlfriends sign NDAs was he was so greedy about how many girls he could get up into the bedroom and didn't want anything standing in the way of him getting laid. And like if you had people sign NDAs before they went upstairs, that would give a woman a moment to pause no matter how fucked up she is and think, wait, what am I getting into here? And he does not want that. I think he'd rather have people going out talking shit, telling wild stories rather than have anything dare stand in the way of he getting that 15th person upstairs that night (laughs) yeah um but i will say that the employees had to sign an nda yeah all the staff did and then later on people did have to sign ndas but i don't think that had anything to do with hef no i think that was other people kind of running the mansion at that point was there a night staff at the mansion yeah there were always butlers working like it was called a 24-hour kitchen for Mm -hmm. a reason yeah 24-hour butlers 24-hour security 24-hour kitchen yeah Kendra was always seen drinking underage. Did production not care about that? I don't think production cared. Yeah, I think back then it was the early 2000s. They wanted wild party girls. The wilder, the better. The more scandalous, the better. They didn't care. I think the only time anyone cared or got in trouble about anything was the Palms in Vegas got a heavy fine from the Nevada Gaming Commission because they saw the show and they saw that Kendra's under 21 and she's out at the clubs drinking and she's at the gambling tables. So they had to pay a ton of money for the privilege of having her there. Yeah, <laughs> I think they tr- they told her that she needed to kind of keep it low key, but it didn't happen. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, like, I don't care if she's drinking underage. Like, I'm not finger wagging at it. Like, I know most people drink when they're in high school and college. I did, but it was just what it was. Have treated you three like you were all very dumb openly. Were you aware about that before the show aired? I absolutely was. Like, I remember we would, you know, be watching a movie on a movie night and it would be an old movie and Hef would lean over to me and he'd be like, this is taking place during World War II, like the ultimate mansplainer. And I remember there would be days where I would look at you and just give you a look. Like, I just wanted to scratch my eyes out because I I just felt like I was being treated like I was a kindergartner that doesn't understand anything. And it was so frustrating. Yeah, I definitely felt it too. But I also feel like I've kind of felt that my whole life. Yeah. (laughs) So it didn't seem um, different to me there that everything felt like it had to be explained or dumbed down or that I wasn't smart enough to understand something, which is ridiculous because, uh, but I also feel like it's what pushed me to get my education as far as I did too. That's so interesting. And it's sad that people treated you that way. That sucks. I feel like for me, it was kind of the opposite because I was always 
like, you know, my parents, the only thing they cared about was like, I don't want to say the only thing they cared about, but like the value that was placed on me was never about like what I looked like. It was more about like how I did in school and stuff like that. And I was always like considered like the smart kid in class and stuff. But to be treated like I'm an imbecile was like a shock to the system. And like, I don't care what you want to say about me willingly stepping into bimbo world or what I should have expected or should have not expected. I don't give a fuck. It was still a shock to my system. (laughs) Like I had no reason to think you couldn't be smart and beautiful and sexy at the same time right I agree with that I didn't think there was a problem between that too like I felt like I wanted to prove that yeah exactly it sucks and ironically I think that in some ways Hef thought I was smart but like quote-unquote smart for a girl Mm -hmm. which is very different like there would be times people would submit scripts to him he didn't want to read so he would have me read them and give him his feedback and I don't think that you would do that if you thought somebody was a complete idiot and didn't somewhat trust their judgment but it was very much like oh you're smart that's cute but smart for a girl yeah and I felt like I felt like I was regressing being treated that way. Like, I know we talked about that, like feeling like, oh, we need to get back in school or something because we are on a downward spiral to hell. (laughs) (laughs) Did Hef consider some of the girls as his girlfriends that were always with you all? No, I feel like whoever was a girlfriend at any given time, it was very official who was a girlfriend and who wasn't. Even if there were other girls that were like consistently coming out with us or trying to be girlfriends, it was always very official. Yeah, it was official, but I could see how it'd be confusing for other people if they see people consistently coming out with us all the time and then, but they're not a girlfriend. Like Absolutely. And also some people who were girlfriends, but just came back to come out and weren't yeah. girlfriends then. And then there was always like a really heavy revolving door. So probably definitely look confusing from the outside. Was Hef fake on camera? He came across as very charming. No, he was very charming in real life. And that's why I think any of us were there in the first place yeah. is because he was a very charming person. That didn't mean that he didn't have another side to him. But there were times on the show rewatching it where I'm surprised he's not more self-aware Because there's times he says like really disparaging things about like women's bodies or like we'll put people down when the cameras are on and he knows they're on him and he has final cut and he still didn't choose to take that out. So that's always kind of surprising to me. I think that's maybe a symptom of having been in a emperor with no clothes bubble for so long. But yeah, I do think he was kind of conscientious on the show of making himself appear as this really like benevolent, like charitable person who like is just rescuing these three girls from the streets and giving them everything they ever wanted, which wasn't really our experience leading up to the show. Yeah. But I think the charming person you see on camera is what we saw in real life as well. I think so. I thought he was very charming and charismatic in real life. And I thought it came across on the show and I thought that was genuine. Yeah. Is there one day event from the mansion that you would want to experience again? One day? Yeah. That, see, these are hard for me. These are so hard for me. (laughs) Well, it's hard to pick one if there's one. I think when we talked about the movie nights earlier, like those were some of the nicest times. Like when I rewatched the show, I'm like, oh, that was kind of a nice day. Like buffet and movie because I liked those. I I mean, personally, I don't want to go back and relive any days unless it was like a girl's day. Like when we went to the Madonna Inn for Anastasia's birthday. Like I'd love to do that again. Yeah. But I never want to do the days where we were with Hef again. Yeah. 
I mean, I feel like I had a lot of good memories, though. Like, I look back on it, and I can't pick just one. So mine's, like, kind of opposite of yours. Like, I'm like, there was Mm -hmm. a lot of good things. And from the smallest little moments to, like, great, big, grand ones. And so I'm like, I can't just pick one day, because it wouldn't... I couldn't. I couldn't pick one. Is there a random one that pops into your head at the moment? Even if it didn't have to be the one you picked? I mean, as far as, like, grand moments, like, I loved doing the burlesque for Hef's birthday like I wanted like relive (laughs) that I love doing O for um at Cirque du Soleil for that Uh rehearsal thing like I loved it um those were some of the big things that I would love obviously some of the traveling and everything but even just smaller moments um like I loved your uh winter wonderland birthday yeah that was fun and like you said the Madonna Inn like Mm -hmm. there's just so many so many things Were all the girls on birth control? How did y'all prevent pregnancy? I don't know who was and wasn't on birth control. I wasn't, but I just don't feel like anyone ever felt for a second that they were going to get pregnant from Hef, you know, because not to be gross and graphic, but here we are. um, He never finished in anybody. And when I say that, I don't mean a last minute pullout. I mean, he would do whatever on our bedroom nights. And then the last part of it would just be him jacking off watching porn. Like it wasn't even near anybody. So I just don't think any of us ever thought for a second that we were in any danger of getting pregnant by him. And if you look at his history and all the people he's been with, he's only ever had kids when he was like married and it was Land. So yeah. he knew what he was doing in that respect. Right. I just don't think anybody was concerned. I was on birth control pills, but it wasn't because I feared I was going to get pregnant. Yeah. It was just, you know, something I'd already been on and it was hormone related and that kind yeah. of stuff, you know, <laughs> keep everything consistent. Did the panties, I hate that word, on the chandelier gross you out? They didn't gross me out because they weren't like dirty. Yeah, I thought it was funny. In fact, I wanted mine to be up there, so I threw a pair on there. Yeah, I thought it was funny, too. I think I started it, but it wasn't, like, old stuff. Yeah, it wasn't, like, leftover ones that people have been wearing all night. If that had been the case, I would have torched it. I would have been like, (laughs) sorry I burnt your house down, but that was unsanitary. What is your favorite centerfold layout of all time? That is so hard for me, you guys. I can't pick favorites. There's so many. For me, if I had to pick a centerfold, I would pick Lori Fetters, which I think was May 2003. I could be wrong, but it was just really classic. It was like the setting was like a rich person's library and like her body looks really amazing. And she's just wearing like a black garter belt and stockings. It's just very classic and very pretty. Um, As far as pictorials, I think my favorites are Heather Kozar's Playmate of the Year, which was in the June 1999 issue if you guys want to look it up or Cara Monaco's Playmate of the Year which was June 2006 it was very like Cinderella Disney themed which I love so I think those are my top favorites I know I've said it before but I love Tiffany Fallon's Playmate of the Year I thought it was all the pinup stuff was so cute I loved um, Jodi Ann Patterson's there's one particular picture that I thought was so cute and I love her cover shot from her Playmate of the Year with like she has this pink top on and this little pink playboy lollipop i just like the color scheme that cover is very you now that i think of it it's like all pink pink lollipop pink outfit yeah i love it um i love stacy fusons at karen mcdougall's angela little like i there's so many i love like i would i would look at the magazine and be like oh i wish that was my pictorial yeah that one's so cute (laughs) did the mansion fireworks scare the dogs this is a good one because we just got done talking about the fourth of july episode but my dog were fine um how was Wednesday 
Wednesday's always been fine with the fireworks. The dog that didn't like fireworks was the big house dog, Archie. I remember they made a big deal every 4th of July about putting him down in the basement so he would hear as little as possible. But even then he would freak out. I remember seeing, I forget what it was, if it was like a corner of like the wooden cabinets or what it was, but it looked all chewed up. And I asked what it was and they said that Archie had like gnawed on the wood because he was so freaked out by the fireworks. And I hope he didn't get any splinters or anything from that, Hmm. but... Yeah, it was a big problem for Archie. And also, Hef had a koi pond in the backyard and ducks, random ducks, not Hef's ducks, but like random ducks would fly in and just lay on the pond. But once the fireworks started, because I think there were like some little sprinkler-ish type fireworks that were kind of posted around the koi pond, the ducks would run for their lives. And as far as I know, no ducks were harmed in the making of the 4th of July party, but... Every year, that was a tradition. The ducks would scatter. Yeah, they did try to shoo them off, I remember, before it would start. But, like, you can only do so much. But Mm -hmm. as soon as they started, the rest were gone. What if girls were on their period when they had a shoot scheduled? Would they cancel? I don't think they ever did. Like, when I worked at the studio, I never had anybody call off and say, I'm on my period. Because, like, the Playboy pictures, they weren't so explicit that you couldn't, like, easily hide a tampon string. Yeah, I remember I was going to be on my period for one of our shoots, and I asked them what I should do, and the, um, they told me to cut the string off. And I was like, oh, well, then you really have to go fishing for it. I know, that's always a scary prospect because you might like lose the tampon. But also like the photos weren't so crazy that you couldn't like just tuck the string somewhere and they wouldn't see. Phoebe asks, in episode four, you get to Vegas so early, you're eating breakfast in the room, but how is that possible? Did you book the room the night before? We didn't book the room. The Palms was in a partnership with Playboy and, you know, they wanted their rooms featured. So they offered the room for the show and production would have booked that. So it was ready for us. Yeah, we were all in cahoots together. So they knew what time we were going to get there and they made sure it was available. What was your favorite trip during the Girls Next Door era? Another favorite for you, Bridget. You guys, I can't Narrow it down, chop, chop. Um, impossible to pick. I have a couple different categories. Like as far as places we went, I think I'd pick our first trip to Europe because it was my first time going to Europe. We got to visit so many amazing places off camera that we had mm-hmm. never visited before. And I'm, it sucks that we couldn't film and couldn't share that with you guys. But like Versailles, the catacombs, Pompeii, Ugh, Hampton Court, yes. like all these amazing places. As far as trips, I actually had fun on though and really felt the vibe I would choose something that where Hef was not there like Anastasia's birthday trip to the Madonna Inn like I've been going to the Madonna Inn consistently ever since because it was such a good memory and I love that trip but also there were other ones that were special like going to Alaska where I grew up or going to Jamaica for my sister's wedding so there's yeah. a handful. See, it's hard to pick just yeah. one. And you know what's funny about you saying um, the Madonna Inn is I saw some comments on social media at some point where people were like, oh, I don't think they had that much fun at the Madonna Inn with, for Anastasia's <laughs> birthday because they're all so subdued and boring in this episode. And then in the next episode was some wild party and we all get crazy at it. I forget what the next party would have been. Maybe maybe 4th of July because her birthday's in May. Yeah. Um. And I was thinking, wait, what are they talking about? We had a great time in, at Madonna Inn. Maybe the show tried to make it look like we we weren't or something. Yeah. I, don't know. I haven't watched that episode since it came out, since it's a season five one. But that wasn't how it was in real life. In real life, it was so fun. And we were all wasted. We were. <laughs> Amy asks, did you guys have a signature scent you wore at the mansion? 
Yeah, we had we each had our own signature scent that we had made. Yeah, we sold some on our websites for a while. But as far as commercial scents, I would either wear Angel or Amarige. I don't wear them now. I have no desire to smell them now because it would probably send me back to a place I don't want to go. I don't want to smell Hef's Cologne, which is Karl Lagerfeld, if you're wondering. I don't want to smell any of it. It's <laughs> crazy how much scents will send you straight back. They really will. I remember I used to wear Clinique Happy for a while. Um, and then I think there was a Dior one that I wore for a minute. Ah, uh, it's Shannon asks, were you guys all under contract to be on Kendra's show, meaning her spinoff after Girls Next Door? No, we weren't. And we were all, at least from my perspective and what I was feeling, we were all so incredibly supportive of each other. When we were leaving the mansion and right after we left, we were so happy for each other that when I was asked to like be on your show or be on Kendra's show, I didn't even hesitate. I totally wanted to. I'm sure I was paid a couple thousand bucks, but I don't even remember what it was or cared or would have ever negotiated. I was super happy to do it. I was blissfully unaware that Kendra was talking shit about us in her book. Nobody told me about that. So from my perspective, I thought everybody was just so happy and supportive of each other. So that's where I was coming from, and I didn't need to be under contract to do your show or Kendra's show. I was definitely um, happy to do everyone's show. I I know I did a lot on Kendra's show at the very beginning, like you know, hosting some parties mm-hmm. and stuff for her. I know that I went um, and did your show, um, but I was told that we were having a lot of trouble getting Kendra to do my Beaches show. Why? I don't know. She they really wanted her to do the San Diego one with me, mm-hmm. and they said that she they they were having trouble getting her to do it. She didn't want to. Ugh. That's what I was told. Yeah, I don't know what the real situation was. So I f- kind of felt a about that because I had done so much on her show. Yeah, I mean, you really did too because you like, didn't you throw like the bridal shower, like the bachelorette? Yeah. And the housewarming and the ba- or something. A housewarming or party, welcome the back baby to LA shower. Or, yeah, all the things. Hallie's Comet 18 asks, dying to know about the Barachi lawsuit. So Barachi was a store in Beverly Hills. It's still there, but it's like moving somewhere. And they sold these really pretty sparkly gowns. And I first saw Barachi stuff on the Bentley twins who Hef was dating when I first started coming to Playboy parties. And I just thought they looked so gorgeous that when I moved into the mansion, I was like, well, that's what I want to wear. That's what Hef's girlfriend should look like in my mind. And when we first got a clothing allowance for a special event, I told one of the other girlfriends, I'm like, I want to shop at wherever that store was they shopped at and she said you can't shop there anymore because they're in a lawsuit with Hef and we're not allowed to and I was so bummed but eventually I asked Hef if I could shop there and he said yeah you can just as long as you stick to the budget so I got permission to go there and got a bunch of dresses there but here's what I heard about the lawsuit and this is all alleged because I only heard about it secondhand. but here's what I heard The lawsuit was because Brandy and the twins would shop there. And then after they left, the original seven girlfriends would shop there. But instead of like sticking to the budget of whatever he was giving each girl for an outfit for said event, they would go there, pick out whatever they wanted. Barachi would charge whatever that cost and then send the bill to Hef. And then he'd get the bill and be like, what the fuck? I never authorized this I gave each girl a thousand dollars not five thousand dollars you know so it was just like a big old miscommunication thing I have no idea and then Barachi sued to get the money I have no idea if it was ever settled or whatever happened with that all I know is I started shopping there and I would always pay cash and they were always really good about working with me to keep it within the cost and get me what I wanted so yeah and I bought several dresses from them too and I have 
I don't know how many, but several. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, I would always just tell him what my budget was and stuff. And we took Carmela there to get her Play Me to the Year dress. Yeah. Sarah Ann asks, Holly, I'm hoping you can walk us through everything once you moved into the main bedroom. Do you get to add any decor of your own to the room? Not really, but I did get the carpet taken out of the vanity and I did add a desk to the vanity because Hef's bedroom, if you don't know, it was like all wood paneling and there were like all these things carved into the wood, like naked ladies and mermaids and grapes and all these things. So I had a desk added. And then I don't know if there was like an on-staff woodworker at the mansion. That sounds so like quaint and provincial, but there was somebody who did specific woodwork for the mansion and like on the drawer of the desk they carved like my favorite birds from the zoo and like my initials and like it was super super cute so I did get to add that did you have any say in the thermostat AC room temp I don't remember that ever being a thing I'm assuming that when housekeeping came in every day there was probably a set temperature he wanted it I don't ever remember adjusting it or remember it being a thing or remember going into the room and thinking it was too hot or too cold Yeah, I know I had my own thermostat in my room, and I really don't remember touching it much either. Yeah. When you or Hef were sick, would you sleep in another room to avoid getting the other sick? No. That's why I have an immune system of steel these days. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Lastly, was it uncomfortable having your bed be open to others at any random time? It really wasn't. Like, people didn't really, like, come into Hef's room at a random time or, like, on a night they weren't supposed to be in there. Yeah, there was a time period not long after I became main girlfriend where it was just me and one other girl living there. Everybody moved out and there were all these other women desperately competing to move in. I think it was right before you came around, Bridget. And there was a time period where every night everybody would get together and knock on Hef's door and be like, we want to watch Sex in the City. So they'd all pile onto the bed to watch Sex in the City. But I don't think they really wanted to watch Sex in the City. I think it was more like a competition thing or like a we're going to show Hef how devoted we are because maybe then he'll put us on an allowance and ask us to move in. But what was annoying to me is they would all bring their animals in. Like they'd bring their dogs and their cats and their monkeys and they'd be on the bed. And that was the bed I had to sleep in later that night. And it was just like unsanitary and gross. And probably ordering food. and Yeah. And it was just I had no privacy or nowhere to go. So after that had been happening for a while, it was when I asked Hef again, oh, can I go back to to room five like this is like too much and he immediately like freaked out on me threw a fit said I I told him I felt like I was being smothered because I just had no personal space of my own and all these girls every night and he goes now I feel like I'm being smothered and I'm just like oh my god so but that stopped luckily like whatever for whatever reason the girls stopped coming in every single night to try and watch something well probably because those that got asked to move in got to move in and those Mm -hmm. that didn't left and then everyone got what they wanted yeah (laughs) okay so we're in the middle of all these lovely questions from you guys and i'm gonna pull that thing from the meme where it says no one and then there's a blank and then somebody just comes in with something fucking random (laughs) in this case it's I want to talk about the time we were almost Marvel superheroes. I wanted it so bad. I know. So this was probably around 2003. We heard that Stan Lee, who's the guy who created Spider-Man, he's a comic book legend, all the things. He wanted to create a comic book slash TV cartoon called Hef's Super Bunnies. Think of it as part Bruce Wayne, part Charlie's Angels. It was like Hef, but the main characters were going to be these women fighting crime superheroes 
And I saw like some drawings for it. It was really cool. Like basically the Playboy Mansion was like Wayne Manor, like the grotto like converted into like this yes. crime fighting headquarters and stuff like that. Yeah, the the grotto was just like a disguise, but it, like you went inside and there was like this whole like headquarters, like you're saying, but like all these computers and screens. Yeah. And, like we could see everything, all our crime fighting stuff in there. I say ours because yeah. I was so sure I needed to be a character. Oh no, we like implanted ourselves mentally into this thing. And eventually they brought this giant cardboard cutout, like the type of things you see in a movie theater where it'll have a cutout of like a scene or the people. And they set it by the stairway in the Great Hall. And it was the cartoons they had drawn, the, you know, their first concept or whatever. It said, Hef Super Bunnies. You saw the mansion in the background. You saw Hef in the background, kind of like with his arms crossed over his chest. And there were like four Super Bunnies. And the one in front was like long blonde hair, pink skin tight jumpsuit, very hyper femme type character. Oh, there's Bridget. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was like another character with like darker skin. I don't know if she was supposed to be a specific ethnicity or if she was supposed to be mixed. And she had like blonde braids on one side of her head and the other side was shaved. And then you had like a character with like a green crop top and green pants and she had short blonde hair and she had kind of this look on her face like you could tell she was supposed to be the funny one. And then I don't remember what the fourth character looked like. Do you? No, because you have a way better memory of what they look like to me. I've, I just thought they were all kind of similar. I didn't remember they actually had characters. Yeah, they were all supposed to be different characters. But I think in my scrapbook I have pictures of it. Oh good, because I didn't see any when I was looking through my scrapbook and I thought, how could I have not taken a picture of this or taken a picture next to this? And it's weird because now, you know, with our iPhones, we take pictures of stuff every day. Like I can go, if I wanted to know what I was doing on April 29th, you just scroll back to your camera roll and you can see everything you screenshot and everything you did that day that you took a picture of you thought was cute. But back then we weren't really doing that. So unless like Elaine, Hef's photographer, took a picture of us standing next to it and gave us a print, we wouldn't have a picture. But back then we kind of felt like we were on top of the game as far as having pictures of everything we did. And yeah. like back then, people didn't have pictures taken of themselves every day. Right. I even felt like getting pictures back from the club nights, it was kind of rare to kind of have that f- much feedback on how you looked. You know, nobody was taking selfies back then. It was kind of like you didn't get your picture taken unless it was like a special day or you were on vacation or something like that. Yeah. So I felt like we were getting all this feedback on how we looked and all these things. But, you know, compared to now, the way people take pictures, it really wasn't much. Well, you're making me second guess whether I have a picture or not, because if you don't have one, I feel like it's weird that I would have one. I'll go back and look, but I just don't feel like it's jumping to mind from like the last time I looked at that era in my scrapbooks. All right, I'm hoping I do because that would be such a loss if we don't have a photo of I know, that. it would be so sad. And can I just say too, I have done, um, one of the things that I did while I was at the mansion was a full like years, a couple years, like two years course in voiceover. And one of my dreams is to voiceover a cartoon. Yeah. And so it would have been like above and beyond like everything I would have mm-hmm. ever wanted. Like not only to be like a character and have super bunnies but to be like the voice and like yeah uh, like it would have been so so amazing I would still do it if it came back <laughs> and said we're gonna bring we're gonna do this anyway do you want to do it I'd be like absolutely sign me up 
It was funny, too, because I think everybody wanted to be one of those characters. And this was when the mean girls were there and oh, stuff. They thought it was them, 100%. Yeah, like, everybody oh, was down there me, pointing. This is me. Like, everybody wanted to be the pink one. But later on down the road, they did come up with a mock-up. And I was begging Hef. I'm like, can we be the characters? Like, can you name them after us? And he was like, no, absolutely not. The company says no. That would be a bad decision, blah, blah, blah. And eventually I got a drawing mock-up of what the Holly character was going to look like. But this was like a year later after they put that big thing down there and um I'll throw it up on like the Instagram or something but she had like a cute little black two-piece like mini skirt and like a crop top with like long blonde hair and she was barefoot for some reason (laughs) I don't know why but it never happened sadly I don't even know what happened but yeah it was just supposed to be a thing and it got to a point where they were getting more specific with the characters and then it was just shut down my guess would be because you know Playboy's an adult brand so maybe they thought there wasn't very far they could go with that maybe but there's so many adult cartoons out there oh no exactly like my boyfriend in high school used to have penthouse comics and there'd be like pirate chicks fucking and shit like that (laughs) but I don't think this was what they wanted it to be like Stanley wanted this to be like a mainstream cartoon like a Batman and maybe have it be like aimed more at adults and not so much little kids but still be mainstream Mm. and I think that was still too much for people back then I think that's too much and let me make it clear though Back then, when people would turn down a Playboy project and say, no, we won't want to do it, it wasn't because there were any like conspiracy theories out there. Like nobody was talking about trafficking and tunnels and nobody was talking about women being mistreated. It was nothing like that. It was strictly because, oh, we can't do anything that's even remotely associated with a magazine that has nudity in it. Right. Like it was a nudity thing and people looked at nudity like it was the end of the world, even though there was not supposed to be nudity in the cartoon. Right. But... Right. Nudity was the bad word. It wasn't even and like people like to say that that's porn, pornography and stuff, which Mm -hmm. I don't agree with. And then they didn't end up doing it. But what he did end up doing was he did a Pamela Anderson cartoon Mm. called Stripperella. Oh, yeah. So like Playboy's not appropriate, but you can do one called Stripperella. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) So that was our random out of nowhere. Yeah. The time we were almost Marvel superheroes. Sadsies. It is sad. Cat smiles a lot, asks, out of all the playmates we meet on the show, who was the sweetest, kindest, had a heart of gold? That's easy to answer and hard to answer. It's hard. There were so many. I know. Like, immediately, I want to say, like, Tiffany Fallon. But then I think of all these other amazing people, like Cara Monaco and Sarah Underwood and Kimberly Holland and just all these people you see on the show who were just so nice. Like, I think when people think about me talking about the mansion or my experience there that I like hate everybody there and because they're used to hearing like all the negative things about Hef or whatever. But even in my book, like for every Hef I talk about, there's a Mary who I praise. For every Kendra, there's a you. For every mean girl, there's a playmate that I'm talking about who I totally love. So as far as all the playmates went, there were so many really nice, amazing people. And even when I worked at the studio, even though there was a new centerfold every month and a new woman testing every week, almost everybody was super super nice like 99.999 percent of the people so yeah I would agree with that there's very few that I look back on and think oh that person I know like everybody I'm just like oh I wonder what they're up to or oh remember when we went and did this or that they were so fun and like it's very fond memories of all the playmates and girls yeah and staff was so amazing and there were just like oh yeah it's crazy 
Taylor asks, can we talk about the bunny suits that the official Playboy website sells? Holly put it perfectly into words when she calls it the cheapo version. I've always wanted to wear or at least try on one of the original suits, so I was curious if either of you guys knew why they don't just produce the original patented suit design from the 1960s. You can't mass produce it because they were by definition couture pieces. Like yeah. every bunny costume was fitted to the centimeter mm -hmm. to a specific person. Like even the bunny costumes they had for the Playmates, which were leftovers from the Playboy clubs. Like when we were there, they when they were fitted to a new Playmate, they had to take the whole costume apart and like re-sew it to yeah. that person because it was everything from like the length of your body. Like if we traded costumes, like one of the boobs wouldn't fit or like one mm -hmm. of the rib cages or like it just, it had to be fitted to that person so you can't really mass produce those yeah so that's why and i think we've answered a lot of good questions yeah that was a lot thank you so much for your questions guys if you're on our patreon be sure and leave a question for next time where do they leave those exactly on the yeah discord? it's on the discord and there should be a column on the left hand side under members only that says um q a questions for the next episode and we are doing our first live broadcast on Moment on February 9th. So if you guys want to buy tickets to that, you can get them at moment.co slash girlsnextlevel. Yeah, and just a reminder, that is a digital event. I've gotten a lot of questions asking, where is this? Where do I have to go? And it's just uh, your own living room or bedroom, wherever you, wherever you want to watch it because it's digital. So we will see you guys there. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.